I'm Russ. And I'm Danny. And this is the Memory Makers Podcast. The show focused on helping you create amazing customer experiences and make more memories. Memory Makers Podcast. Did you get the boys are back in town reference? Because you're in the studio. I didn't get the reference, but I am here in the studio. (laughs) 50%. Yes, yes, I like it. Well, we'll, uh, we'll we're always looking for new jingle, uh, you know, genres to be able to incorporate. So as you guys are checking out the podcast, we will take requests. So I love it, Danny. You're in studio, like we were talking about. What's shaking, my brother? Why are you here? I'm here just to see your lovely face. Oh, thanks. That, that's basically about it. Oh. Just just here for that. No, we actually have some <laughs> some other things happening. We're doing some sales team training, yeah. and we're doing some kind of team building stuff and. Anytime we have a chance to, to meet up in person, it always is helpful because we have the ability to work remote a lot these days and mm-hmm. what we do, but coming together in person face to face is always a, a good fun time. I think it really, and it lent itself today to talk about wh- how we look at ongoing training and making this a part of the culture and all of the benefits that come with it. But it's one of those sticky things that it's really easy to lose momentum on. Um, and also kind of think of what is the goal of the training and, and how do we start to um, actually get the the real world benefits of some of that. And so hopefully today we'll be going through a couple of things of, hey, how do we systemize this? How do we standardize some of it? What's really going to translate and how are our new team members and their age group learning and what are they looking for for engagement and fulfillment and and how we can meet those needs and so training obviously is, is such a critical part to creating a proper guest experience eliminating headaches one of the biggest things that folks think about is just this reduction in turnover so if we can if we can have really good training and empower our employees they'll stay longer they'll make less mistakes all of that stuff that that we understand and and the huge cost discrepancy between bringing somebody on and training and hiring them versus retraining or uptraining an existing staff member um, assuming that they're a positive impact on the culture too so uh, we really want to look at this from both a fiscal and a cultural must because one, the the numbers and the dollars and cents alone are very impactful and, and something that we shouldn't, you know, be, be blind to. But this is also such a critical opportunity to make sure that we're positively reinforcing what kind of company we want to be, how we want our team members to show up for each other, how to train them, you know, with this being some of their first jobs typically, um, but also just be critical thinkers. And, you know, so the whole goal of this is how do we start taking the things of, hey, if you see a piece of trash on the floor and your team is just automatically picking that up and putting it in the trash, how do we go beyond that and put that into our attractions, our back of house stuff, all of those things. And so that's what we're really going to be focusing on is, hey, these have healthy side effects on the books and and is far less costly to do a lot of consistent training than it is to be constantly turning over your staff. You know, there's a word as you were going through that description that comes to mind for me, Mm. and it's intentional, Mm. intentionality instead of accidental. Because if you accidentally train, and if you're not having an actual program, you are training just in the wrong way. You're teaching them <laughs> what not to do so, potentially. Yeah. And so being intentional about how your training is going to be ongoing, because as ask anyone in this industry, training is not a one-time event. It's an ongoing experience consistently every single day and every single week. And so, yeah, intentional is, I think, really important here. Well, it just keeps you from being on your back foot you know, and, and reacting to things because it, like you said, when those mistakes happen, 
yes, it's always good to make learning opportunities out of those, but how do we actually engineer those problems out or or significantly reduce the likelihood that they can occur? Because it's the it's the drift and the creep and the whack-a-mole that we get into by not being intentional that just eats up so much time. And that puts us in the, hey, we're super busy, but we're not as productive as we want to be. And the 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 trade-off is just, it's a dumb tax as we've started calling it on the C-dub side of, hey, this is just inefficient. This isn't working for us. We're putting all this time and effort into it. What's a better way to treat the root of it? And we, over the last few years, and have been very, very intentional about a variety of different training styles. And one of which was the two-second lean um, Toyota way, you know, kind of a manufacturing apples and orange kind of thing that really lent us to that. But as we were getting into that as a company, we also felt, holy cow, this has huge applications for every single business and even just home home life improvements and things too. So talk us through a little bit about our journey through some of the, the lean process and, and how uh, we've been able to utilize that a little bit. Yeah, so lean manufacturing is something that was really brought to the forefront by Toyota mm-hmm. um, over in Japan and the way that they view it. And there's a lot of different people who have taken that concept and put it into other business models that are outside of car manufacturing, mm-hmm. right? Because uh, that's a very unique industry. But essentially, the whole idea here is to um, simplify and systematize your processes, your your SOPs, your standard operating procedures, your maintenance, your checklists, all those things. And what it comes down to is finding the things that you do consistently all the time, every day, every week, find the stuff that bugs you, find the stuff that makes your job more difficult, more frustrating and harder, and then fix those things. And so the idea of Paul Akers, he has a book called Two Second Lean, Mm because in his philosophy, every day, find an improvement, find a change that uh, saves you two seconds. Literally, that's it. Just two seconds. And the concept there is, yeah, two seconds alone by itself doesn't really do much. But when you compound that over two seconds here and then the next day and the next day and the next day, and you compound that over months and years and all the people in your company and in your organization that are going to be following those procedures, it saves tons of time. Mm -hmm. And not only does it save time, but it makes your job easier and um makes it more fun to do actually yeah so like let me give you an example of what that may look like you know in on the marketing side we write a lot of blog posts mm-hmm. and so before we put them onto the website we'll write them in google docs mm-hmm. to get you know all the, the the pieces filled out of what's the headline what are some of the seo terms what are the links that are going to be in here what are the what's the image we're going to use all that stuff we'll organize mm-hmm. in a google doc well we found ourselves having to open a new Google Doc and then every time put in headline, what's the headline? And then write in the words SEO keyword and write that in. And then the content and write that in. And then what's the picture and write that in. And it was just this wasted time. Mm -hmm. And so we realized, oh, two second lean. We can identify, let me make a template for blog posts. I go create new template, boom. And all of that formatting is already done for me. Mm -hmm. And so it's one of those things where it doesn't seem like that big of a savings or that big of a deal. But when you do this consistently and you find all these little areas of waste, as it's called, because it's waste of energy, it's waste of effort, um, that's where you can find ways that you want to improve your processes Mm -hmm. and improve your flow. And the biggest thing that I think we've found from going down this path is the, the 
the sweep, sort, and standardize that the lean process uses. And so having some time where you're, hey, if I'm assigned to this attraction or if I'm on the redemption counter, um, no matter what the job is, I'm going to make sure that when I'm showing up at that station, I'm sweeping, so I'm cleaning up, making sure that it's in in that, you know, what, what we've defined as this is the standard that we want this to be to. So you're anytime someone's starting a new shift or getting into that stuff, you know that there's a continual rolling eyes on that. And then sort and standardize. So giving them some time to actually work on some of these improvements and you're paying them to do it, but it's it's delegation, folks. Like this is a huge impact and it really starts to help. Uh, there are a huge number of things like even on Paul Laker's website where they'll have links of, hey, this is how we do this for keeping bathrooms clean, which single-handedly by itself, like understanding how to keep clean bathrooms consistently and at a high level alone for our FEC operators, this is, you know, like take this and run with it. But it's it's systemizing as well. So taking that, hey, what's the standard template that we want to do? How do we grow beyond just a normal checklist that is is not necessarily how our younger employees are learning and staying engaged and understanding what it visually should look like. And so having pictures of, hey, when you're doing the bathrooms, here are the pictures. Like this is where this goes. This is where this goes. Things are labeled and put away. It's something that, again, little bits over time, like you talked about, really, really start to add up. And that that elimination of of constant waste or bleed over time is, is really critical. And the thing that I love most about that two second lean approach is that it's going through, Hey, this is the seven different areas where waste can happen and what's going to take away from your time and your focus. And so it starts to give them more of a playbook and an internalization of what we're looking for and what success can look like in order to, you know, so we're not having to constantly be micromanaging that stuff. And the example you used earlier of an employee seeing a piece of trash on the ground and automatically picking it up, they're they're taking the um, the, the onus to be able to do that. Yeah. And it's taking the concept of how can you give your team the ability to identify the other areas in your systems that can be improved, that can be changed, that can make jobs easier. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, yes, if you're an owner, if you're a manager, if you're a leader, you have more responsibility and um, you know sway over the strategic direction of the facility facility. Mm -hmm. Also at the same time, the front staff employees, they're the ones that are in it every day Mm -hmm. and they may have really good feedback and ideas for how things can be improved because they're the ones that are consistently seeing that all the time. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. That autonomy and that empowerment aspect is, is just such a, a big part of what people are looking for as a positive workspace in general, because that's what we all want to be able to do is I'm having a positive impact here and I know what success looks like. I can make that happen. Um, the other aspect is is when you start looking at, okay, we've got some systems and procedures in place and, and we've got it clearly defined and people can look and see, you know, uh, the little quick, you know, 20 second videos that we can make in under five minutes of, hey, this is what this process should be. That turns into training resources and things as well that you can bank over time and have on a YouTube channel or whatever to, to be able to use as a resource for anybody that's on the team, um, regardless of their tenure. But also showing them what success can look like, but how do we also do some training in ways that keep us excited about the business of fun that we're in? And so much of that starts to come down to to gamification. And especially on the attraction side, having anytime that if you're an existing operator and you're adding in something new, you want as much of your staff to be engaging on that attraction, understanding it, playing it. One, because it's a perk, we get to do something that's fun and cool and, and mess with all of that. 
but it's also a, a much better way to learn. And you know, you always have the 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 takeaway that we've had from Tony Robbins and business mastery and and some of the things that we've done on how people learn and retain information and different the higher level of engagement that we can have with it beyond just writing it down or beyond just hearing it. And when we we start to do those two in pairing with some actual physical engagement of what we're doing, it the the it goes from like ten percent to eighty percent retention all of the sudden. And so it's if we know that how are we designing training on our attractions and what our guest experience and stuff is if we're not doing some either role playing if it's back of house or customer service pieces or if we've got a cool new laser tag arena we want to be able to do an in-house tournament and and have our staff compete for some you know redemption points or some added perks or some trades that we have from other local businesses this is a way that you will then all of a sudden, one, fuel a nice, healthy competition um, that's a camaraderie piece, but also find out who's really switched on about that attraction and who is going to be able to do some upselling and carnival barking or create a really, really fun experience with the guests as they're playing that experience. And so the more that they're switched on about it and the more that they're continuing to learn, it'll give them new ideas of how they can meet the guests in different ways and create new things um, to be able to do that. And not only just from the internal side but then depending on how that goes and and your your kind of blueprint then that you can take from that if we want to start creating new ways to engage our guests on that attraction too this is another way that we can now have some social media content some relevant topics that generate excitement about the attraction um, in order to get that stuff going and so it's a very transferable from the internal into the external and all of that starts to really just make it more fun from the word go people feel more fluid and, and fluent in those attractions and that way you're getting the bad reps out of the way or the learning reps out of the way sometimes I joke it's got a stink before before it gets better. We know that those first reps are going to be a little bit more rough and finding what the natural tone of the brief needs to be for my personality. But again, helping them internalize and understand what that is. So then when it goes through their filter, they're just more comfortable and confident in what they're doing. You use the term uh, switched on for mm. uh, employees that are really engaging with it. And the thing that I wanted to share is that Going back to what you said about this being a fun industry, right? Mm -hmm. If you're adding a new traction, let's say you've got a facility and you're adding something new. If you don't get your employees excited about that attraction by having some of these tournaments and letting them play, when a guest asks them about that attraction, are they going to be excited? If they're uh, and say, oh, yeah, this is really cool. You should check it out. It's great mm -hmm. for families. They're going to go. Yeah, it's a cool attraction. Yeah. Or like this is a yeah laser tag. Yeah, you're in good. a room with with lasers and stuff. Yeah. They've not felt the thrill of doing those things consistently. And and it also just helps you find who are who's going to be best to staff those individual attractions too. And I think that is so I don't know. It's just it's it just helps connect, right? We can't we it's so easy to think of training as something that's just clinical and we sit down and we do it. But if all that stuff lives in a knowledge base or the the manual, so to speak, and we're not actually getting it to resonate of just this is who we are and this is how we do it it's it, you're always going to be fighting more friction so the the next thing that we've talked about and and we've done quite a lot of is bringing in outside voices to help us because we know that you can be nose blind to either certain issues and and how do we self scout a little bit more and you've been really critical in bringing in some awesome outside influences for us over the years it's one of those things where you don't know what you don't know yeah right and whether it's we look at this industry, if it's a training 
um, expert or consultant within the industry, or if even it's somebody from outside the industry. Mm-hmm. You know, we've brought in uh, people like Scott Harvey, yes. who has spoken at Amusement 360. He is a former FBI trained hostage negotiator, and he was a police officer, and now he's a full time speaker. And he helps teams of people of every kind of industry work on communication, mm. right? And having someone who's got that expertise expertise and skill set be able to come in with fresh eyes identify the areas of uh of friction or blind spots that we may not see and be able to shine a light on that and allow us to improve we all of a sudden say oh hey i didn't realize we were you know ignoring this or you know one of the things that he talks about is um silence without rapport feels like we don't care Mm -hmm. and it's that's been something that we've internalized so much about making sure we're not silent on any issues or challenges that we're facing as a team, as a leadership team, or trying yeah. to like brush things aside, we want to we want to tackle things head on. Yeah, and so bringing in that outside perspective has been super helpful for us. And I think for any of us, you used the term nose blind earlier. Mm-hmm. And when we have something that we're so used to and so accustomed to again and again and again, it may feel normal. But when you bring someone in from outside your organization that can point out and go, hey, this isn't actually normal. And you go, oh, oh, it's not. Maybe we need to fix that. And then it's not just bringing in somebody, regardless of whether the indie industry or outside of the industry. It's also listening um, actively and mm-hmm. and appreciating their input yep. and putting it into action. Mm-hmm. Because if if you bring someone in who's going to help you with communication, help you with leadership, or any of these different pieces, and you go, yeah, that's great, but then you've you just wasted your time, your mm-hmm. resources, and your money. Mm-hmm. And and there are things that we found of. Sometimes there are going to be some really good individual nuggets, right, that come out of those different pieces. And whether it's things like the, you know, books like Traction or Two Second Lean, whether, you know, in the entrepreneur operating system and these systems and procedures, you're going to find things that resonate better with you and things that don't resonate as well based on the on the fit and things at times. But there's there the biggest thing is what is the the one to two takeaways that we can prioritize and make an intentional focus moving forward? It doesn't have to be so intimidating of, well, we have to change everything that we're doing and all of this. Stuff. It's like bite-size this thing, make it a little bit more, you know, uh, tangible and, and, and feasible by not just immediately overwhelming everybody out of, out of the gate. And I, I think it's really good that you mentioned that, mm-hmm. right? Because it's one of those things where the person may point out things you already know, right. but as we like to say, you need to be reminded a lot more than you need to be told. And if nothing else, having that third party hold you accountable to actually making the change that mm-hmm. you identified but have never made yourself, mm-hmm. that alone is worth its weight in gold because you have someone making sure you're doing the things you say you want to do. But if if you haven't actually done it, maybe you need to bring an outside help to make sure it, can, mm-hmm. it gets completed. And, and some of that outside help, and we talked about bringing in folks like Scott Harvey, some of those things are also that you're going to be bringing in are going to be pouring into them on a personal level, not just a professional level, right? Because these are human beings that are showing up. Um, they have much of their their life is is directed from outside of the workplace, and, and that stuff comes across the threshold regardless, right? We've all had those moments where we've had to spend some time doctor filling with a coworker, helping them through those things. Some folks, you know, look at it as a, hey, I'm helping young people develop. This is their first job. Like, this is part of it. 
some of the things that I think we can lose sight of is just keeping it to the X's and O's and not not necessarily looking at training and fulfillment and development with with team members of things that they're just interested in outside of our walls. And that them showing and feeling confident of I am really seen and appreciated here by having thing opportunities given to me to to grow in other areas. And that can be altruistic and and very good in and of itself. But you're also going to find that you'll have people that are really intrigued with graphic design or social media, being able to use instead of a, um, you know, a trade or an attaboy gift uh, and things, you can do things like master classes where they can expand that skill set and that interest of something and then also still use that within the the building. So if they're taking a master class on some social media um, and, and different ways that they can use that or, hey, there's some new cool stuff that you can do with AI so that way you can record some things and rip that into and have that TikTok friendly, so to speak. I mean, those are some things that we've done. But now I, we can start leveraging that directly within the business too and step up our game and have new insights. And, and that's that's a an added bonus. But it's still just showing up of, I see you as a person. I think of you more as a, as a, a you know team member or family member, much more than just a cog in this machine. And I recognize that you're a critical part. There's a quote from Robin Sharma that helps sum up that philosophy really well. Mm. If you need a reminder of... Uh, to view your people as 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 full genuine human beings mm-hmm. is they're called human beings, not human doings. <laughs> and I really like that quote because it reminds us, oh yeah, we, we all have a lot of in our lives that are going on and we can approach everyone as a full on human being, not an automaton that you have to do this thing and, and just do it because yeah. I said so and I'm paying you. You're dealing with reality on reality's terms and, and how do we, if we know that that's going to be a thing that will impact how folks are showing up, it would be silly for us not to have some sort of impact or assert some level of of influence on that, knowing that it affects us. So I think that that pouring in on the personal side with outside speakers, um, as well as as the internal, you know, looking at how do we come up with a way that is repeatable and easy to do that's going to build for us with things like the two second lean, having systems and standards that are documented and part of that training but then really figuring out how are we gamifying this and making it exciting as opposed to, okay, I'm going to sit here and I'm just going to be taking in information, taking in information. And it's like that first two days of school, right? If you're a new hire and and your head hurts just because it's so much information, how do we just get this woven into autopilot for them at a high level? And so standardizing, bringing in outside voices and self-scouting continually and consistently, which is really, really important, and then finding ways that we can have a deeper appreciation and fulfillment for those employees. That's the trifecta in my mind of how do we make this in a way that is going to make the folks that we have or rock stars that we have not even think about considering other things, you know, like the higher paying wage and all of that stuff because they feel seen and appreciated when they're in your facility and when they're out of your facility. Well, I, that's a great wrap up. I have nothing to add. And so I think that's a great spot for us to go ahead and finish this episode. Yeah, baby. I, you know, we've got a ton more content that's going to be continuing to come your guys's way through the weekly episode. So please feel free to come back again and hear more of these valuable insights and, and guests that we're having. If you've got suggestions for the memory makers jingle, you know, uh, remix each time. 
give us those as well. And um, we really, really appreciate your guys listening to this and, and finding those little nuggets that can make life a little bit easier. And if you like what you heard, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review if you would. And don't forget those five stars, please and thank you. If you've got any ideas for future episodes or topics or guests, uh, follow us on social media, drop us a DM. We're always looking for new ways to bring value to you. And big shout out to Mikey Mike on the ones and twos working the ultra web back there for us. And uh, we will catch you on the next one, troublemakers.